This is uh, Dialogue, a podcast from An American Mosaic. I'm continuing with my uh, conversations with uh, people from around the country. Uh, due to COVID, I haven't been traveling uh, much in, in the last uh, six, almost seven months. And uh, this was a first outing uh, in an area very close to me. Uh, I was up in uh, Darrington, Washington uh, at a small farm, uh, a boutique farm, uh, that uh, raises uh, heirloom tomatoes, uh, eggs from heirloom chickens, uh, fruit trees, they're also heirloom, and uh, a lot of specialty uh, vegetables and greens uh, for the restaurant trade. And uh, while I was there, uh, I uh, met uh, Alberto. Alberto, a very interesting uh, young man uh, from uh, Guatemala. And Alberto has been in the uh, U.S. for uh, quite some time and uh, has uh, worked in the the restaurant industry uh, almost uh, all his uh, working life, uh, although he did go to school. Uh, in college for other things and he was working in the restaurant industry to support himself and uh, decided he really loved uh, the culinary arts uh, and in the food service industry so uh, that has been his career we talked about uh, a range of subjects and I was particularly interested because obviously he's an immigrant and uh, there's certainly a lot of conversation around uh, immigrants today And I wanted his uh, view of that and also something about uh, becoming a U.S. citizen. Uh, I know that's a very long process. And then I was very interested in uh, how he feels uh, about being an immigrant uh, in today's environment and uh, probably more so now than even uh, uh, a few years back because uh, we seem to have an awareness uh, on a lot of different levels uh, about uh, people that don't look uh, like us and uh, be it uh, uh, Asians or uh, be it uh, black or, or be it uh, people who, who are brown skin. I also was very interested in his view uh, of uh, our politics today. I think uh, someone who comes from uh, another world uh, country, a third world country, and uh, one that has questionable democracy, I think uh, has a certain perspective uh, when they look at what is going on today in our country. He also represents uh, an industry that has been hit very, very hard uh, due to COVID. Uh, The restaurant industry is uh, basically uh, really tanked today. So uh, it's an interesting conversation uh, covering a lot of things. Uh, I think uh, that you'll enjoy uh, uh, listening to Alberto. He's uh, well-spoken and uh, a very, very smart uh, young man. I want to take a moment and uh, ask you if you uh, would please uh, subscribe uh, if you like this podcast. And uh, also, there are a lot of episodes, uh, starting uh, at uh, the very first episode, that are very interesting conversations with uh, people uh, around the country, all walks of life. I spent most of my life, my adult life in the U.S. Uh, is some of the dearest moments for me. Um, very, very significant. I graduated from college. I became a U.S. citizen. Tell me about uh, becoming a U.S. citizen. Was that a difficult thing for you? I mean, or, and, and 
Some people have found it very, very difficult to get citizenship when they come in. It is a very, it's a difficult, long, and expensive process. Uh, difficult because uh, the laws change all the time. Um, I had done everything the proper way in, in the sense of, like, I never di broke the law. Uh, so that kind of gave me a good start in, in, my, in my own process. Um, I also was lucky to have uh, a good em uh, um, employment. And then my employers uh, did help me, um, sponsoring me. So that was uh, an advantage that not many people have. But even with those advantages, uh, the process was uh, long. Um, it took me about 10 years to become a U.S. citizen from start to finish, you know, from adjustment of status to becoming a resident to becoming a, a permanent resident and finally uh, taking the, the exam and uh, becoming a U.S. citizen. It was a... a um, yeah, I th that's interesting because, you know, we have such a conversation about uh, immigrants today. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have uh, sometimes uh, so many people think it's so easy. Well, why don't you just become a citizen? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, so that's an interesting conversation. I think people maybe don't understand how, how difficult it, it, it really, it really, really is. Um how do you find actually uh, maybe a little conversation about how do you find being uh, being an immigrant? Um, do you uh, run up against people who challenge you about being an immigrant or being a citizen? Talk to me about that a little bit. You know, uh, it 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 is uh, it is di different. Uh, I always uh, am very careful of what I say. I'm always very careful of uh, what my opinions are because there's kind of this uh, fear that I'm still an outsider and uh, that I might say something that will bo uh, bother people, that will, um, you know, uh, make them uh, angry. Uh, so I always keep that in the back of my mind and I don't know if I'm uh, paranoid about it sometimes, but I'm very, very careful not to give my, my honest opinion about uh, polit politics, for example, uh, especially now that everything is so polarized. Uh, I don't want to like, you know, add wood to the fire. And uh, there is always, like, even though I am a naturalized citizen, and I have been for, for many years now, uh, I still have that, uh, that kind of uh, sense of uh, being from somewhere else and being uh, 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 that otherness, you know. Uh, and that seems to sometimes be reinforced by the interactions I have with people. Like, uh, if I say something, I have heard people saying, why don't you just go back to Guatemala? Uh, and, and the thing is, like, I think it's very important to, to express your opinion. It is difficult for me sometimes, but it's very important to do so. Because being critical of a current system does not mean that you hate this country. I love this country. I chose to be part of this country. I was not just born here. You see, I have seen the world 
and not like a week here and a week there. I've been I spent months in different locations in the world. And I can tell you from experience, this is, in my opinion, the best country. And the things that make it great is the fact that you can speak your mind. The fact that it is lawful and that it is encouraged and it is protected. So it's sort of a thing that I need to overcome myself maybe. But uh, I think that it's important to remember that criticizing a system is not being unpatriotic unpatriotic it's the other way around if you see the failures if you see the the mistakes and you're able to do something about it and to fix it then you're just making a country better do you find uh, that um, right now I guess uh, in, in particular uh, you know in today's uh, we were dealing with uh, a lot of things we're dealing with COVID we're dealing with uh, uh, this divisiveness that seems to be uh, taking over the country, and part of that is us versus them. And um, there's so many things going on. There's uh, th this idea of uh, some people with the white privilege, um, which kind of fuels that. Uh, uh, and um, uh, certainly here you can speak freely whatever you want because it is going to be out someplace so uh you know keeping that in mind but you find like right now um opportunities uh for you um and uh and jobs and work is something that's on everyone's mind today because there's uh, a lot of people are out of work or a lot of people are being laid off or people that are in the food industry and the, the food in the service industry and so on so uh, talk to me about uh, work and opportunities and uh, some of that going on today. What, do you, what are your thoughts about that? I, like everyone else, um, is uh, confused and, and, and I think that we all are a little bit afraid for the unknown. Uh, I have never lived an experience in my lifetime anything like this, an event that uh, affects the entire world, not just one country, it's everyone. So the uncertainty, I think, affects me the way that affects everybody. So that's a very difficult situation in and of itself. And sometimes leadership has the opportunity to uh, make a situation better or really making it worse. Uh, in terms of coronavirus, uh, it's, it's a disease, it's a scientific issue. You know, if we follow the science and we follow the advice of the people that know and have been trained and, and have their best interest uh, in our health, things should be okay. I mean, wearing a mask should not be something that divides us or that becomes political. It's just common sense, you see, and common sense is not, should not be political. In terms of uh, uh, the division that it exists, uh, it really breaks my heart. I do have my beliefs. I have my belief system. I have my political inclinations. But whatever happens, you know, we need to keep... The, the, the open channels of communication and we keep talk we need to keep talking to each other 
people that have very radical, uh, radically different ideas than I do, we should be able to talk because the common denominator here is that we are Americans. And, and, and it's Americans that have to fix this problem and build, continue building this country. And for that, being divided is not uh, a viable solution. In terms of uh, um, opportunities, I believe that every problem opens the door for an opportunity. And it is a matter of like taking a deep breath and, and, and trying to figure it out what is going to happen, what's next, how can you uh, adapt quickly, and how can you uh, come up with ideas, creative ideas, that will not only address uh, the problem, but also make more opportunities for ourselves. Um, the restaurant industry has been shattered. Um, in a way, I think that's a good thing. And uh, um, I have worked as I said, for six years with my own restaurant. And when you're an owner, you really learn to value every single penny that goes into your business. Uh, and, 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 and everything that you do, you do it very carefully. The way things we're doing, you know, like we take for granted that we're going to have a uh, hundred people tonight and it doesn't matter, you know, like you can use, uh, you can throw uh, in the garbage all these things that could have been used for something else. So there was a lot of waste and there's a lot of uh, mismanagement of uh, resources, uh, whether there are human resources or uh, 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 produce and, and things that we need. Uh, such mismanagement and, and such waste. And I think that the pandemic in a way is showing us, uh, showing all of us the, the, that, that problem. And now what do you see? Yes, there's a lot of laid off uh, people, but uh, a lot of people are finding creative ways to not waste too much, to uh, use and reuse the things that they have because all of a sudden we are being faced with uh, a reality that we didn't want to see, which is uh, abundance, everything runs out. So if we don't take good care of things in the future, we won't be finding ourselves needing it badly. So I think that there are opportunities there in, in the long term. In the short term, it's scary because a lot of people are uh, going into unemployment. Uh, they don't know how to pay rent. Uh, I will be so scared if I was in that situation. Luckily, I'm in the farm, you know, I'm helping my friends. Uh, I have a roof over my head and uh, I have the time to plan for what the next opportunity will be. Many people don't have that luxury. Many people are fac facing evictions. Uh, restaurant uh, people are becoming all of a sudden homeless. Uh, and and, and uh, it's... Uh, it's a it's a difficult situation. I don't see much uh, uh, short-term opportunities for all these people. I think that uh, what's going to have to happen while the restaurant business and industry gets it together and find new creative ways of doing things, all these people are going to have to be displaced, uh, laborly speaking. Like uh, they will have to find jobs in, in other industries that are not theirs. Um, but I like to keep a, a hopeful and positive uh, outlook on this because I think that there will be, there are actually opportunities. 
being here in the farm is kind of like closing the cycle of my uh, formation and education in this uh, uh, business because the husbandry and the uh, uh, you know the, the the way we take care of the land and and has shown me and, and all the knowledge from my friends has shown me that you can do things for yourself you can create life you can create uh, uh, things and you can spread the word of how things need to be uh, taken care of properly uh, so there is uh, uh, no waste and uh, there is uh, also the proper uh, uh, care for the environment that gives us all, all of these things. So I think that there is an opportunity for the restaurant industry in this, in understanding these facts, not superficially, not just saying I buy bio, biodynamic or organic just to have it written down on a magazine so people in the city feel less guilty and their conscience more uh, at peace, you know, because they are eating, they are contributing somehow. You can contribute more directly and uh, restaurant people and restaurant industry will benefit from this pandemic in that sense. We will find opportunities there. Do you think there's, um, as we come out of this, or <coughs> right now there seems to be such a conflict, uh, you know, in the country between uh, urban and rural. And uh, I have uh, just saw something uh, like taking, taking the country and dividing it gray and green, gray being the, the, the cities, Green meaning you know the rural, or even it's the suburbs versus the city, and that's part of uh, this division, and it's becoming politicized. But uh, do you think we're going to trend into some different ways of thinking about things? We've had such a rush in the last ten years, fifteen years, or even starting twenty years to develop the urban. You know, re reimagining cities and in-city living, and that's when the restaurant industry flourished because more people were living in in the cities and restaurants and so on and so forth. And now, is there a trend? Are people wanting to flee the cities for the safety of the country, the rural areas? What do you think? Is, is this going to change? What's I, going to I can. Uh, talk from my experience and my experience has been this I, I came from a big city a city of 8 million people uh, to uh, to Darrington in, in, in Washington state and uh, city people have a lot to learn from uh, uh, the countryside from the rural areas what do I mean by that learn to reconnect I think that sometimes uh, when we live in big cities and we are in urban uh, areas what happens is that uh, we forget, you know, where where things come from. Like you ask a child, in uh, where do chickens come from? Uh, the supermarket, you know. So I think that again, this pandemic has, in a way, forced us to reconnect to to the basics, um, in the way that uh, uh, things can 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 be implemented. Whatever we learn is transforming our cities uh, and remi reminding ourselves that the environment is so important you see uh, what we do matters what uh, uh, how we deal with uh, garbage matters or how we deal with uh, transportation matters and uh, 
I think that uh, the future, there's no other, there's no other way by integrating uh, 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 our roots back into our daily life. So uh, whether it is in city planning, you know, integrating more green spaces, uh, reducing the 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 the, the carbon emissions, reducing the 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 source of uh, pollution, whether it is sound, whether it is water, whether it is air, um, is, the, is the way to go. There's no other choice. I mean, and hopefully this pandemic uh, forcing people to relocate in small towns, going back to their mother, going back to their family, uh, will remind people of the health uh, of uh, benefits uh, that we get from living a more natural life and how we can integrate that into into our cities and not only city planning but like all the pr uh, processes you know and how we get food I was just uh, remembering with my friends um, how like all these uh, meat processing uh, industries have been like you know having to throw away so much and that hurts in so many ways because the people are being hurt uh, that, that, that work at those uh, uh, processing plants. Uh, all the food that ha could have been given to, to, to people that are actually hungry, uh, the disruption in the supply chain w was actually something that happened so easily. Something that you don't think can be disrupted so easily was, you know. And, and, and uh, it also puts a mirror, you know, on us. It's like, are we going to learn from this mistake? Are we going to continue this uh, never-ending process, like more, 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 and like take uh, from the nature, take, 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 without giving back, uh, it, without trying to sound, uh, you know, too idealistic. It, it has nothing to do with ideals. It has to do with reality. The, the more you take from something, and, and, and you don't replenish it, it's just going to run out. I mean, it's, it's, it's a basic truth. So, I, again, I see uh, opportunities uh, for the industries to change, for the, uh, the people to be reconnected more with the roots. Uh, we do that in a smaller uh, scale here. Uh, we try to bring uh, the, the students, not the students, I'm sorry, the, the, the employees of the restaurants we provide to, we try to bring them here so they keep, uh, they stay inspired because they're already inspired to be working as a cook for 14 hours, you need inspiration. Uh, but I think that this reinforces their commitment to do farm to table, to do things properly. And uh, I think that's the, the, the way of the future. Like, uh, there are going to be uh, farms slash restaurants popping up uh, like it, was, it used to be before, you know? Like, not, right now we have zoning. You have to have this and this and this to have a restaurant. You know, so many parking lots, so many uh, health uh, rules that you need to follow, which is good. But, like... Uh, in the past used to be like mom and pops, you know, they open a new place and, 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 and they grab the things from their own farm or, and, and, and make food and whatever is, on, is available that day is, is what you eat. And people know that. And now is, we have like uh, we, the luxury of ordering from a, a big menu of several pages. 
and uh, things never run out. If you if they run out, then you're a bad restaurant, you know. And, like, things need to get a little bit settled down and more back to the roots. And I think this is this is what needs to happen. In, in there's no other way. I mean, makes me think of a couple of things. One is um, it's sort of what we have become and how we live today and particularly in the last 10 years and uh, you know let's take this to technology and let's take uh, how we do things and um, all the the new things that have disrupted what used to be and how um, that seems to be um, kind of like so special uh, in other words we've disrupted uh, we disrupt the food industry we disrupt the taxi business we disrupt uh, the banking business we disrupt everything and and we sort of love that and we have uber and we have all of these things and then we have the facebook's um that uh, you know really are a media company now they finally admit that that they are a media company and then we have uh, the technology people who have gathered all this information and data about us and influence and kind of control our thinking about things. And so we're, we're kind of in this with all this technology and some of what you just said is so nut technology. Mm -hmm. It's, um, there's sort of kind of the technology and, and this thing we're sort of trapped in now with going to our social media and sort of living for likes and connections that sometimes don't really mean anything. And uh, you order food and it's delivered in a box. Uh, and then you think you're cooking because you take this out of the box. And we're, we're sort of in a funny place with all of this. We're, we're kind of so busy we don't have time to do anything. We don't even have time to cook anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think about what do you think about that or, or what, how about just talk to me about what do you think about technology and how it's impacted us and taken us to a place if the pendulum swung so far there's going to start swinging back now mm -hmm. what do you think <clears throat> I think that uh, the premise always has been especially for social media to bring us together to 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 be more connected connected and uh, I think uh, that's not what has happened. I was probably very hesitant um, to get an iPhone for many, 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 many years. I was, you know, I, I, I like being smarter than, I, than my phone. Uh, that kind of attitude, refusing to, 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 to use the, what was becoming so trendy. And um, because of a job, I had to get an iPhone. From uh, actually, my job get me an iPhone, and I turned like it was 180 degrees. Um, and, and 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 all of a sudden, I'm like just looking down, really trapped in the phone, uh, addicted, addicted in a way, you know. Um, uh, I opened my first Facebook page, opened my Instagram, and then finding myself like, because of my job, I need to like check uh, reviews. So first thing in the morning before my coffee, checking reviews, what did people say about me? What did people say about the restaurant? You know, obsess. 
and then uh, started posting things on my Instagram page and like obsessed with likes. Like, oh yes, I, I, I have uh, 5,000 followers now. It's like, I did it. I did what? You know, it, it, it really, most of those people never came to my restaurant anyway. You know, most of these people have never seen me and they are my friends, supposedly. Uh, so in that regard, being connected uh, is on the surface. You are uh, electronically connected somehow for a small interaction. And usually it is about like-minded people. You see, uh, all of a sudden Facebook is forming groups and uh, it's for, for like-minded people. And, and what that does is like we just say things that we already agree with and we hear things that we already agree with. There is no challenging uh, to, to our beliefs or uh, to our uh, ideas because we are like pretty much the same. We're not engaging with people that, that think differently. And if uh, for some reason uh, they tend to participate, uh, they get like, you know, excoriated and, 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 and bullied out. So not too much about connection. It, do, it has affected uh, the way we do things, obviously, because of comfort, you know, of uh, uh, convenience. Um, people are shy, and for shy people, having to use uh, uh, um, uh, an application to get their food, it's probably a fantastic thing, you know. Some people cannot deal with, with that. But, like, in general, we are social people. We need that interaction. And what's happening with social media, in my mind... It's like making a lot of people challenged in the social interaction, in the real social interaction that still matters, which is face-to-face. -face. Um, one good thing about high-tech and, 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 and these sort of platforms has been that in this, during this pandemic, it has been very handy. You, know, but you need to be away. You don't need contact right now, physical contact. And, and in that regard, uh, technology has been... Uh, actually positive you know people being able to keep their job and working from home and people being able to um, do things faster delivering things faster and maybe the platforms that were used for like uh, you know things that were not so needed can be used for things that are needed uh, in during the pandemic I mean so I think that it, it, it's a tool and it is a good tool or a bad tool depending how we use it. The way that it's being used right now, in the sense of connecting, I don't think is working. It's making people very uh, socially challenged, is, is what I think it is. Like uh, the people that might not be so shy are like all of a sudden like, okay, more individual, you know, like I don't, I don't need contact. It's my way of thinking and it's further dividing. Uh, in terms of like uh, misinformation, it's also very, uh, I don't know if dangerous is the word, but like I, I, I don't trust it. And, 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 and uh, you usually don't trust things that might be end up dangerous to you. I don't trust it because I think that they are allowing everybody to, uh, and not everybody, but like political uh, groups to say misleading things without checking them, without, um, you know, restricting the, 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 what they say, and in the name of uh, freedom of speech, but they are paying 
for that platform. They are paying for that, you know, for speaking their mind. So uh, it's uh, it's dangerous. It's dangerous, and it's uh, providing not only uh, opposite parties or opposite uh, political thing uh, thoughts to 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 spread misinformation. It's also allowing foreign entities to spread misinformation and it takes a while to to purge that misinformation from the from the uh, platforms it takes a while to uh, erase from people's mind what they just read uh, I'm not saying that people are gullible and and, and, and and believe everything that they read but that's what also the social media uh, social media has done uh, people get their sources of information from a post from a friend. Uh, and that seems okay and all, but it could be very difficult and very dangerous if it's about uh, a, a cure for COVID-19, for example. It's like, oh yeah, you know, that's fake. Uh, don't, don't even bother. It's like a flu. Or you, a doctor uh, taste, tested this and that, and you should try it. And so... If, if it's not properly used, this tool can be a double-edged uh, sword. That, yeah, and that takes me to something I was going to ask you. So, coming from another country, coming from another place, with uh, you know a government structure that maybe is a little different, or you've seen different things, or you've come and, and you've traveled and you've seen different governments and you were talking earlier about uh, you know the US is this is a pretty cool place there's a lot of opportunity and and you know all the good things about it and um, but from your perspective um, just with what's going on today uh, you know some people don't see anything dangerous happening and other people do I've had some people that have come from other countries that have immigrated to the US um, that understand um, uh, what was going on with Hitler in Germany, what goes on with authoritarian uh, bullies and thugs and uh, you know they're they're not leaders mm -hmm. and, uh, and also uh, you know all the things that uh, sort of pretend to be democracy mm -hmm. and they're not and mm -hmm. uh, you know elections that don't really mean anything mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. on. And people don't, a lot of people in this country don't understand that. So they kind of think a lot of things are just, just okay. And, and some people are kind of concerned. Mm -hmm. what, what's just, what's your view of um, what's happening today? I come from Guatemala and I have seen other places. In Guatemala, we have elections um, and we are supposed, it's supposed to be a democratic republic. Uh, I am very familiar with fake elections, meaning um, we already know who's going to win, you know, but we go through the charade, the, the, the show of uh, electing somebody. Uh, we know who's got the, the, the chances to become a president. And we also know uh, the manipulation of all the branches of government and uh, the the private sector uh, and their interest and how they manipulate these things. I've seen it and I'm telling everybody, please be afraid, be concerned and be careful 
because the science that I'm seeing right now in our country, the U.S., is becoming way too similar to these things that I describe in my country. Uh, the, the, the fear uh, of uh, do this because this might happen, uh, it's, a, it's a technique that has been used uh, in, in, in dictatorships and, and in places uh, uh, where there's no real democracy. Um, I have my issues also with the system here in terms, we call it the, uh, a democracy. But it's a, democracy means the, the power of the people, democratos. And uh, you're supposed to vote, and uh, the majority uh, of votes, that's the person that wins. That's, that's democracy. But here, we vote, but not the person that gets all the vote, the majority of the votes wins. We have the electoral college. The state of California has 55 electoral uh, votes. And then uh, a bunch of other states all together, like a bunch of other states all together have the same amount of votes that California has, even though they have less people living in those states. So how is that? How does that work? How how does the math the math works here? I, I there's a discrepancy, like a, a very obvious one. Uh, but uh, putting that technicality aside, um, we're starting to sound like a third world country in the sense that, you know, the 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 entities that are supposed to have the checks and balances on all the powers of government are failing to to check and balance those powers. Uh, they are um, citing uh, unconstitutionally with, uh, the, with, with, I don't want to name a specific uh, branches or anything, but the rhetoric that is coming out and the uh, um, disregard for the constitution is kind of obvious. Um, if you pay attention, and please do pay attention, because as a person that comes from a third world country uh, or developing country, uh, with, with, with a, a budding democracy and with a lot of corruption, I'm starting to see the same things here that I see from that country. So I think that we need to question what's going on, we need to be informed, uh, and not just like from one source. We need to be informed from many, many different sources, and then make our opinion, and follow our, our hearts. Because uh, the way a country becomes a dictatorship, is not from one day to the next, it's slowly. It's slowly. The forces that want to remain in power keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing to see how far they can get. And that's happening right now. You see? Uh, so I think that we need to be awake and be aware of what's going on. That's it for uh, this episode of uh, Dialogue. Uh, again, uh, please subscribe if you like this podcast and uh, tell your friends. And thanks for listening. <laughs>